Hello everyone, I'm Mark, the chief writer here at Maltopia, and I just wanted to remind you the sleep-wake cycle is but one of a series of interconnected horror podcasts within the wide and weird world of Maltopia. For Easter eggs, crossover events, and additional lore, please check out our other series, The Shepherd of Wolves, Red Mother, Grimland, and The Damnation Machine. And be sure to check out our free content on our Patreon page for additional lore and stories. For even more Maltopia content, consider becoming a patron. Starting for as little as $2 a month, benefits range from additional art, update videos, early episode access, our mini-podcast series, October's Children, both written and full audio pieces, such as The Lost Library, Tales of Maltopia, and The Weird Book. You can also gain access to our found footage show, The Weird Tape Series, and even our Patreon-exclusive, fully-produced audio series, Devil's Clay. So, with all that said, I will leave you to the darkness. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Rusty Quill presents...
What is being referred to as the Night Plague continues to rage throughout the city of New Victoria. Authorities have yet to confirm the bizarre rumors concerning thousands of women becoming pregnant within a single night. This, in addition to real-world footage smuggled out from the center of the city, showing crowds of its residents apparently sleepwalking through the streets. The CDC has yet to issue a report as to the validity of additional rumors that speak to a disease that spreads via infected persons while they sleep. Meanwhile, the military continues to pour into the city, now having surrounded and blockaded its every entrance. While a media blackout is currently suspected to be underway, GDN's own Colin Fenway is live in the city's once-celebrated Brigham's Row, a long strip of vintage shops along Old Boston Bay, a once-must-see tourist destination turned shunned thoroughfare. Are you with us, Colin? Yes, thanks, Barry. The scene here is straight out of a nightmare. Thousands of sleepwalking citizens stumbling across the city. And that's not the worst of it. We're hearing that the military has been engaged in combat with infected residents, even resorting to heavy artillery in some cases. While my team and I haven't personally witnessed any of this, we can confirm the sounds of gunfire and heavy artillery echoing across the city. Did you get that, Barry? We just heard what might have been shells exploding. Yes, I, I do believe we got that. Colin, can you tell us anything about the reports of waves of bizarre pregnancies that have been circulating? Yes, we have spoken with several sources here in the city, all of whom claim first-hand knowledge of the military loading droves of screaming pregnant women into large trucks and taking them away. And that's not the strangest thing they told us. What I'm going to say next should obviously be taken with more than a grain of salt. But Barry, multiple sources from across the city are telling us that a number of these pregnant women have given birth to some kind of mutant children, many of whom are apparently capable of extreme violence. Whether these creatures are real, or if they might be the reason for the military's alleged armed response, is unknown. But this situation might be far more dire than anyone suspects. Hold on, Barry. What's wrong? I'm on the air, for God's sake. Holy God, what is that? Run! Cut the feed! Cut the feed! Tonight's special, New Victoria, a city in review. Four years after the dread night plague of 1983, the one-time symbol of American prosperity and resilience has been rendered a toxic ghost town. Its cobblestone streets blocked off, its Victorian exterior barely visible for the towering walls, blockades, and razor wire. But what have we learned, if anything, in the years since the night plague gripped the city in so much terror and death? Some say a bizarre and terrible virus, not seen before or since, infected the population, altering its biology and leaving survivors with strange blue eyes that glow in the dark. Still, others maintain that a sinister force from beyond the ken of nature once lurked the dreams and alleyways of the city that always sleeps. But which is it? And do we really know? All this and more, coming right up.
Welcome back to the Weird World, where we are talking to Mr. Nathan Lowry, a survivor of the Night Plague of 1983. Nathan, you said that the Night Plague was caused by creatures that literally inhabit humankind's dreams. Tell us a little more about these creatures, and what do they look like? Well, they wear the faces of our worst nightmares. Their, their voices are... Screams, they come from somewhere beyond sleep. Excuse me, Nathan, but do these horrible things you're describing have names? Rosemary and Isaiah. What wonderful names. My name is Dr. Braxton. And I've heard a lot about the two of you. I think you're really going to like it here. We're going to have all kinds of fun together. Come on, let me show you to your new bedroom. <laughs> I think you both are going to be very, very happy here. Romy, are you okay? Did you have a bad dream? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I'm okay. You want to play I Spy with me? It's time for you to go to the lab, Rosemary. No, I don't want to. Leave us alone. I don't have time for this, kid. Let's go. Let go of me. You're hurting my arm. You let go of my sister right now. Out of the way, kid. You bring her back! Romy! Romy! You're gonna hurt her again, I just know it! <laughs> it's okay, Isaiah. I'll be back. Don't worry. Don't be afraid. We'll be together again soon. Come back, Romy. Please. Don't leave me all alone. Isaiah was my whole family, the only one who ever looked out for me, the only one I looked out for. He was just a memory for most of my life, a little bit of hope for the hopeless. I never thought I'd see him again, never thought anyone would care about me again, or that I'd care for anyone else. When I saw him in that crappy diner, Everything changed. We were Isaiah and Romy again, brother and sister, a team, a family against the world. Now, now he's gone. And I'm guessing that pretty soon I will be too. The way it should be. I stared into Isaiah's eyes as I held his hand. All I could think about was how I'd been short with him after he pressed me for information about our mother, and how I almost attacked him, and how I judged him for killing those people back in Nighthead. How I judged him, condemned him for protecting me. He was always protecting me, until it finally killed him. I should have told him that I couldn't face the loss of our mother, 
that she chased me through my dreams for my entire adult life, blaming me for her death. I should have told him that all I wanted to do was forget that she ever existed. I should have told him that I'd come to believe that her last sound, a terrified scream, had somehow been captured, preserved in my mind the exact moment we ripped through her skin. That my every nightmare of her ended with that scream. Except now, it came out of my mouth. I could feel Kilroy standing behind me, gloating, pleased with what he'd done. There was no fire left in me, though. Nothing to fight back with. Nothing to lift me from where I crouched by my brother's side. For whatever reason, the Master of Marrows was holding the darkness at bay, keeping it mere inches from falling over me. I expected that he wanted to revel in my death, or maybe deliver a closing monologue. Neither really mattered to me. It was when I heard him chuckle, very softly, almost imperceptible, that a spark jumped into my guts. At first, I didn't say anything, or even turn around. But I started to wonder why Isaiah and I should go without so much as a whimper. You know, Baltus, I wonder if you could see what I saw at the bottom of that pit you're so fond of throwing people into. Those souls might as well have been toilet paper, the way your masters wiped their asses with them. Even someone as brainwashed and insane as you must occasionally wonder about their shelf life. How long before their time on the roll comes to an end? I mean, aside from whatever tricks they've taught you, you're still just fodder to them, right? A human, even under a black cloak and years' worth of arcane study, is still only a human after all. And what precisely do you intend to accomplish with all this? Hmm? Your brother is dead. The dark poised to take you. This is the end, Rosemary. Or maybe I just took a page out of your playbook and kept you distracted long enough to do this. The golden dagger I'd slipped out of Isaiah's bag sank into the old wizard, fire leaping from the wound. I was right. The dark had suffused him since the occult bomb exploded. He was as vulnerable to gold as all the rest of the shadowy bastards. I could see the shock in Kilroy's eyes. Shock and indignation. Like he was offended that I killed him. (laughs) I spit in his face just before he sank to the floor. That's for Isaiah. The flames from Kilroy's wound set his cloak alight. The darkness fled, incapable of extinguishing it due to its proximity to the gold dagger. I tore the cloak from the dead man, ripping it into sections. Wrapping a strip around the blade of the dagger, I made a torch. Once it was lit, I examined the room. It must have changed from the last time I looked at it. It was now a monstrous cavern stretching off in all directions. The ceiling was so high I couldn't see it, 
just darkness stretching infinitely above my head, an underground sky. I knelt back down next to Isaiah, my tears coming back. I got them for you, Isaiah. Both of them. I'm sorry I judged you. I shouldn't have. You were just being a good brother. The best brother you could be. I wanted to stay here with you until the end, but I can't. I know you'd want that. I'm not going to be long, so don't get too comfortable. I can't just give up. I have to try to put this dagger where it will do the most good. I have to stop Nykrist. I I didn't tell you this. I never wanted to. I, I don't know, maybe I should have. I was just so worried about what it would do to you, especially after I saw how you reacted to our mother's name. But, uh... But anyway, this isn't my first rodeo with absolute evil. <laughs> and here you thought the salamander was the gold standard for bad guys. No, he hasn't got a thing on the creature I met one time, deep in the haunted sleep that rots under New Vic. See, not too long after I started with the sleep lab in New Vic, the slumber mill, as it came to be called, I got roped into this big job. One day, the salvage guys brought this huge bed into the lab. A weird-looking thing, all gothic and brass and massive. Apparently, they'd pulled it out of some rotting house somewhere near Nothman Hills, the north side of New Vic. My supervisor wanted a sleep read of the thing, but I could tell just by looking at it that this was a real bad idea. I tried not to worry too much and got right down to business. Once I was asleep, I just let myself sink down into the resulting dream. Once I was all the way down, I found I was still on the same bed, but it was now surrounded by other, smaller beds, all of them old and wrecked, soaked through with blood and sweat. It was like the big old four-poster bed was the king in the court of sleep. The other beds huddled obediently around it. All of this was contained inside a gigantic wrecked room, or a world made to look like a wrecked room. The ceiling was made of cracked and moldering plaster slats. The room's distant walls were brown with rot and stirring pestilence. The next thing I noticed was that each bed, including the one I was on, had a huge hole yawning out from beneath it. Never one to turn down the roll of Alice, I went straight for the hole under the big bed. The space was earthen and littered with odd things. Broken dolls and shredded teddy bears. Broken nightlights. When the tunnel finally came to an end, there was a huge set of double doors. The kind you'd expect to lead to a throne room. Turns out that's just what they were. They wouldn't open, so out of options, I knocked. The doors parted into a huge room webbed with thick, rippling shadows. There was even a red carpet. I'm sure I don't have to tell you why it was red. Piled on either side of the carpet were monsters of all stripes, just leering at me from between the falling shadows. Of course, this wasn't out of the ordinary for a nightmare, but at that point, I knew this was no human dream and that I was in a heap of trouble. Then, something spoke to me. 
Something made from snakes and spiders and wolves and scorpions and screams. It sat upon a throne made of bloody mattresses and bones and flesh. Rosemary, my dear. I've been waiting for some time to speak to you, <laughs> to look upon you. For it was I who made sure the bed was delivered to your little lab, the human outpost within Nightmare. My Nightmare. Do not worry, however. I have no designs upon it, or even you, for that matter. For now, I am content to watch, and listen, and learn. So, you're the one who did this to New Victoria? Destroyed everything? Perverted it? Not precisely. But that's not what really concerns you, is it? You want to know if I'm the one responsible for your mother's fate. Yes. You... you know what happened to my mother? Of course. I knew her quite well, in fact. Better than most humans. I chose her out of all the others. What? what are you talking about? I called upon your mother often. She loved me, you see. <laughs> I was, after all, the man of her dreams. And in the end, she gave me the greatest gift of all. Gave you a gift? What could she give you? Why, a family, Rosemary. Amongst them, a fine and lovely daughter. And as for what happened to your mother, you should know. After all, twas you who killed her. The moment you ripped free of her womb, red and warm and hungry. No, 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 you're lying, you're lying. Naturally, I forced myself to wake up and then I advised the higher ups to have the bed destroyed immediately and I stayed the hell away from the north side of New Victoria. I don't know if the thing was telling the truth, if it actually is our father, but I sure as hell didn't want you worrying about all that crap. I'm sorry, Isaiah. I just wanted to protect you. I just wish, I just wish we had more time together. <laughs> but that's just the way it's been since the beginning, hasn't it? We never, not even for one goddamned second, belong to ourselves. Just a couple of toys for the monsters to play with. 
The monsters that kept us apart. The monsters that we were made to fight. The monsters that, that killed you. Well, just one more monster to go. It's time for me to go now. They don't get to win. They don't get to stomp us into the ground and just keep on walking like nothing happened. Like we didn't matter for shit. Today, nobody's getting out of this alive. Not if I have a goddamned thing to say about it. <sighs> I hope you understand. This is how it has to be. I love you, Isaiah. Goodbye, brother. Come back, Romy, please. Don't leave me all alone. The Sleep-Wake Cycle is a Maltopia production. Today's episode was written by Mark Anzalone and performed by Mark Anzalone, Max Anzalone, and Kelly Bear. The episode was edited by Walker Kornfeld. Sound production and editing was performed by Stephen Anzalone, and the Sleep-Wake Cycle theme song was written and performed by Sean Zeller. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Maltopia. That's M-A-E-L-T-O-P-I-A. And if you'd like to know more about the world of the sleep-wake cycle and contribute to its nightmarish expansion, visit us at www.patreon.com forward slash Meltopia, where you can gain access to all sorts of art, mythology, stories, and more. For more information about the sleep-wake cycle and the larger world of Meltopia, head over to Meltopia.com.